I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale and this podcast is all about training your horse in a simple, uncomplicated way. We talk about the common problems people have when training their horses and I give you tons of different exercises and ways to solve each problem. We talk about why the problem is there in the first place and why the exercises work too. We also delve into mindset and I give you practical ways to improve your mindset so you're able to train and compete your horse the way you want to. In today's episode though, we are on to our second episode of our professional series. And today we have the wonderful Claire Gangadine from Rider Size joining us. Claire is a soft tissue therapist and personal trainer. She has over 15 years experience in the fitness industry and over 20 years of experience in the equestrian industry. Claire works with riders across the world online from the everyday pleasure rider to riders who have ridden at the Mongol Derby, aspiring elites in dressage and eventing, so riders from all disciplines and her aim is to help them become the rider that they want to be. Today though we're going to be talking about rider fitness and I feel that it's a topic that is rather controversial but it also has so much information about it surrounding it and it's really difficult to decipher where the truth is within all this information so obviously years ago rider fitness wasn't a thing and now it seems like it's become really popular but what is the best way to exercise to actually see that progress in your riding is it running is it pilates is it yoga is it weightlifting in the gym we talk all about what the difference is between normal fitness and rider specific fitness why it's important to work those muscles we use when we ride and how much of a difference it can make And then finally, we look at what the best exercise is that you can do to improve your riding. If you enjoy this episode, then please do share it and tag me in it so I can see what you think. On both Instagram and Facebook, it's Jessica Gale Dressage. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review. Right, so we are welcoming Claire now to the podcast. So I have known Claire now for, we just worked out five years. And so we've worked together, I think, since I was competing internationally through, and now we're working together to kind of get me back to professional rider fitness, which I'll admit is quite a way away. But today we're going to be talking all things rider fitness, which has, I think, been filled with quite a lot of misinformation and I think there's so much stuff out there that I think this podcast is going to be really good to actually find out what actually works and how we can improve ourselves for our horses and then what a difference that that can actually make to our training so 
Welcome, Claire, to the podcast. Hi, Jess. <laughs> so, shall we start then by talking about what rider fitness actually is? What is what is the difference between rider fitness and like normal, just going to the gym type fitness? Okay, so I define rider fitness as undertaking physical activity which transfers positive benefits to your riding. And yes, you are very right. There is a difference between general fitness and rider fitness. Um, <clears throat> general fitness is about well-being and health. And rider fitness is about improving the way you ride specifically. So I think that they are very, very different. And some physical activity, whilst maybe very beneficial to you from a health perspective, it won't necessarily transfer a benefit to your riding. So you wouldn't necessarily see any changes in your posture, um, the way you move with your horse, the way you communicate with your horse, and um, also how you deal with any injury that may occur. Rider fitness goes beyond just improving the way that you ride and the way that you move with your horse. It's all about preparing your body for the demand of the sport. And the demand of the sport is more than just sitting in the saddle and looking fantastic and, uh, and having a fantastic partnership with your horse. Horses are horses. Things happen all the time. Can you sit a spook? Are you a able to recruit those specific muscles that riders use in a spook? Should you fall, are your joints, ligaments and tendons prepared beyond um, normal range, but to full range of motion? so that you are less likely to injure yourself. It's really interesting. I think that I, now that I'm coming back into being a professional rider, I've gone from doing, riding zero horses a day and sitting at a desk all day to riding five, six horses a day. And I think it's very easy to not notice or to not think about riding as actually being an exercise. But yeah. all those muscles that you use it's very easy to not work them in the gym. So you can be, am I right in saying you can be physically fit and go to the gym three, four times a week, but that might not, or the work that you're doing in the gym might not actually translate to you being a better rider in the saddle. Yes, completely. You are right. And the, there are various reasons for that. But the biggest reason is when somebody goes to the gym, more often than not, People don't seek guidance on how to actually do exercises correctly. So where they have the best intentions on using various equipment, they are actually using them wrong. So they're not training the correct muscles for that exercise anyway. And without understanding the exercise that they're doing and what muscle it is training, how can they understand how it will transfer to their riding? Because riders, many, many riders use incorrect muscles when they ride, which is why they often suffer from pain or they still sit wonky, uh, they can't give clear aids because the muscles that they're trying to engage to do that, to ride, are not designed to do what they're asking them to do. That sounds a little bit long-winded, but hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, and I think you see it a lot, or I'm seeing it a lot more as a coach, that their people's, like the way they sit in the saddle and their muscles they use when they ride actually influences the horse quite a lot. So what, what effects, if you are not rider fit, so you're not, working the muscles that you are riding normally with your horse you're not working them off the horse as well what effect can that have on your horse like can that negatively impact your horse 
Oh, 100%. Totally. Uh, and let's keep it real simple. It's really hot. You're out on your horse, you're outside, and there's so many flies around. Your horse feels every single one. And it's swishing, you know, it's throwing its head around, trying to get the flies off. So if you translate to a rider who sits incorrectly, the weight is uneven through one, uh, through, through their legs and through their seat, um, or they're tilting forwards or backwards, how can a horse not notice that? And I when guess you break it down like that, I think it, it's actually, yeah, well, that makes sense. And I guess it can't take a lot either. Like if you're even just a little bit leaning into your right stirrup less than your left stirrup, your horse will then be having to brace against that. And even that little adjustment can make such a difference to how your horse moves, how straight your horse is, how supple they are and everything. Completely. And in addition, it's all about the training as well. So when you are slightly off let's just call it off when you are off your horse responds so if you're leaning like you say more weight down your right side and your horse starts stepping right you're correcting the horse and saying no that's not what i'm asking for but it is so you're telling your horse not to react to an instinct to step underneath you Yeah, it's so interesting. And, the, and the, from a rider's perspective, I would think I would know. More, nine times out of ten, the rider has no idea. Absolutely. And then probably, no probably they would then be trying to fix that from a training perspective as well, when really the actual problem is coming from the rider. Yeah, so exactly. Like I say, you know, if you're trying to teach a horse to go in a straight line, down the centre line, but you're leaning more to one side, the horse is going to fall to that side. But then you're constantly correcting it, but the horse isn't doing anything wrong. So you're, you're, you're correcting good behaviour. So yeah. you're wrong. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, <laughs> it's like when you, when you hit a, um, a block in your training, I think you have to take a step back and go, well, why? Why is that happening? And, you know, maybe ask someone else to get on and do it. And does the horse do the same? Or is it you? You know, because often riders, like I say, they, they don't know that they're doing certain things. They don't know that their body is reacting a certain way because to them, it's their normal. There is no other way. There is no other feeling. Yeah, and that's, so, we with the sales horses, so we have three riders, um, obviously I'm one of them, but it's very interesting to see the different way the horses move with each of us, and we're all very different in our strengths and weaknesses as riders and physically and muscularly, I know that's not a word, um, <laughs> but it's very interesting, like there was a horse that we sat on today that... I just couldn't get a tune out of. And then Jenny, one of our other riders sat on it and it went beautifully. Mm. And it's just that it is very interesting to see how different a horse goes. But if, if we know, and I think it is starting to become more in the spotlight that our position and the way we are does make a difference to our horse. Why then do you think that rider fitness is why do you think it's such a thing that we don't focus on? Because I think we always are very happy to put money into our horses with like physios and nutritionists and things like that. I would never think about getting myself a nutritionist or a physiotherapist. It's just, why do you think there's that, like, why do you think riders have that block with investing in rider fitness or putting time into rider fitness? I think there are so, so many reasons. It's hard to pinpoint one. Um, but I think most of it stems from it's never been the case. Rider fitness until now has never been part of riding. 
and you know a lot of people who are my age <laughs> um learned to ride old school here's your pony here's your head collar get on whack off you go you know you bounce you get straight back on there's there was no you know of, of this political correctness in riding when i learned and uh, and rider fitness just wasn't a thought then and as the years have gone by um it's also never talked about by the elites but yet we know the elites undergo physical training as well as a whole range um, of support uh, and therapy um, as you will know having exposure it, you you have access to teams who kind of who, who are there to shape you support you and give you absolutely everything you need to be the best rider that you can be for your horse and that's not talked about i think media has a lot to blame in in that sense because we see elite riders and so many people aspire to them but the the truth of the hard work that goes into it isn't really shared that's like you know social media you see this picture or this short video of someone riding a horse and it looks absolutely beautiful five seconds before that the horse is having a complete breakdown and you know the riders kind of like i can't i can't sit I, you know all these problems that evolve and yet social media um, shows a brief moment in time i also think that um <laughs> that um we just are you about to get controversial um, yeah <laughs> and this is my view uh, you know i think a lot of it is mindset as in oh i don't want to be you know i don't want to compete at the olympics so it's not really important or um i'm only doing x level not really relevant to me um or like we say the rider doesn't believe that they are possibly having a negative impact on their horse because the feedback that they get may be constantly positive because trainers are trying to be kind to keep business instead of being honest with them and saying, look, you need to sort yourself out. And so that, you know, like certain riders go to certain trainers because they only get positive feedback as opposed to the truth. So they don't believe that there is a problem or um, they just don't want to. Don't, and I don't mean that in the way that if they truly understood the positive impact it could have on their horse, as well as themselves and their life and the longevity of riding, I think they would try harder. But, you know, I think a video that we did so, so long ago, you know, like you say, you're more than happy to get up and ride your horse in the morning, but not so happy to get up and do exercise. But I think the mindset has to change in, in order to help your horse, you have to help yourself. Uh, a non-mobile and strong rider cannot help their horse. Yeah, I can. So I think there are lots of reasons, and everybody has their own reason. But I think a lot of it comes down to um, lack of understanding and knowledge about what rider fitness is. I do think the elite should talk about it more and be really open and honest about what they do go through to get to where they are. And I think that <clears throat> people need to realise and understand that in order to help their horse, they have to help themselves. I think I will hold my hand up and say, I am lazy when it comes to my fitness. And I know you know that because you've had to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that on, especially over the winter, especially when it's cold and it's wet, the last thing I can think of doing is, or the last thing I want to do when I come back from riding and teaching is to exercise 
but I think that actually the fact that I have seen firstly how much better my horses go and how many training problems magically disappear when I am stronger as a rider but also then how dangerous it can be when I'm not rider fit because you've got to think that as dressage riders we are training our horse to aids so we say when we put our weight in this way when we put our leg in this position but what about all those times that we are doing those things unintentionally so what happens when we yeah and then our horse is then reacting to those aids that we don't even know we've created and so I think it can almost be dangerous to try and manipulate a horse and train them and progress them without taking into account the rider and what effect we're actually having on our horses that we don't think about but as well what you said about the elite I know that when it's come on a lot and I think five years ago when I did all the kind of um what I call the fancy stuff like I was on a couple of like talent pathways and things like that this was when they were just bringing out all the they just kind of started to get into fitness and so we had general personal trainers who had very limited knowledge about horses and kind of what what we actually had to do and so we were kind of given things that would just make us stronger so like we would do a leg day an arm day and a core day and not actually have any knowledge about what happens next so from your perspective then I mean I'm seeing even just if you look on Facebook and type in rider fitness there's everything from like rider pilates rider yoga rider like hit training rider running there's so much stuff there but what what is what are the exercise and what is the exercise type that actually is going to make a difference because I know you say a lot to me about the horse being a moving animal and that having to come into play in your exercise too exactly and the idea of rider fitness is to mimic movement as close to riding as possible. Now, I know dressage riders are supposed to sit there and look like they don't move. <laughs> uh, and that the aids are almost invisible and the horse just dances beneath you. But the truth is, is to get to that point, the riders has to be so switched on, the communication from their brain to their body has to be so strong that they can engage the correct muscles to perform like that. So <clears throat> when you're looking at exercise, you need to look at exercise which mimics riding as close as possible and uses the correct muscles for a given exercise and uses the same movement patterns. So if you're going to a gym and you are sitting on a machine and you're doing say leg movements, that's great. However, you need to be independent. So a great tip for everybody is, can you do a full range wide legged squat without your knuckles, uh, your knuckles, your knees buckling in or out, without you collapsing on the through your torso, rounding your back, dropping your shoulders, and can you do it in a one, two, one, two, one, two pattern? Now, most people can't do that. And the first thing that that indicates is they may be able to go to the gym and do a leg press, lift 200 kilos, amazing, but they can't do a freestanding squat. And a freestanding squat is fundamental in riding because we must ride with our knees off. We cannot use our horse as a pivot. And if you don't have the strength, the balance, the coordination to be able to do that, then you are not independent in your seat. So there are so, so many, like you say, exercises, um, but it's difficult 
um, to go, well, it's not difficult, but to go through all of them would take so, so long. But, you know, like, <clears throat> let's touch on yoga and Pilates. I think it's fantastic. I think it really has a place. It helps so many people with their flexibility. Mobility depends. Mobility is your ability to move and having the strength to do that. Flexibility is being pulled into a position. They are very, very different. So there are lots of different types of yoga and Pilates out there. But if you're going to one where you are led on your back and you are using a resistance band to pull your leg into a position, take a moment and think, when does that happen in the saddle? When are you led on your back? And when do you have somebody helping you pulling your legs and arms around? You don't, you're not independent. So if you're doing yoga and Pilates and you are freestanding and you are moving yourself into positions and you have gravity against you, freestanding, not led on your back, great, fantastic. If you are in the gym and you are doing movement like a freestanding squat, perfect. Sat on a leg press, not so great. Running. Running is fantastic for cardiovascular fitness. However, so many people today have terrible posture in life, not in riding, but in life. And when you have bad posture, what that does is it, it changes the way that you run. So most people will run with their shoulders rounded, their head tilted forward and almost like they're dragging themselves forward because not a lot of people like running. I hate running. And so their posture is compromised. So the, the way that they strike the floor is negative. The way that the shock from the floor travels up through their joints, through their spine to their neck is negative. They're not able to absorb shock. And what they're actually doing is they are training muscles that are already shortened and tight because their posture is bad generally and their posture is going to be bad when they run. Cycling, again, same thing with posture. Most people have bad posture and then you sit in a crouch forward position and you train the front part, the anterior part of your body. But when you're sat, in the saddle you need to be nice and tall your legs need to be long and loose so how is that a transferred um <clears throat> swimming love swimming i think it's great the only thing with swimming is you don't go through the full range of motion of a joint so should you fall from a horse and you go beyond that range that you've trained you're asking for a sprain uh, a strain or a break I didn't know that. That's so interesting. <laughs> so if you're only training within a certain range, so is that the same for things like if you're only squatting so low or if you're only moving your body to a certain point, yeah. then if your body goes past that point, that's what gives you the sprain, the strain or the broken. Exactly. So imagine uh, yeah, your elbow, okay? So uh, we can bend our elbow from uh, 180 to, well, 180. Is that right? That's not right, is it? I've got hypermobile elbows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so, all right, let's look at um, the hip. Okay, so, uh, like you say, the squat. So if you are only squatting, from standing to say 15%, yeah? And that's your range of motion. That's all you can do. And then you fall or you're on the horse and you are forced beyond 15%, that is where injury occurs. Because the body is not um, conditioned to go beyond that range. It's never being put in that range. So then when you're thinking about, let's say someone's now listening and saying, right, so I want to build a 
build fitness into my training is that saying they need to look at cardiovascular flexibility and then strength mobility is that what needs to be incorporated into their training it should be cardiovascular to a degree um it not flexibility mobility okay so what's the difference difference. so flexibility if you led on the floor and i picked up your leg and straightened it that's flexibility you led on the floor you moved your leg up that's mobility so mobility is having the strength the balance and coordination to perform flexibility is being pushed or pulled into a pattern or a movement or a hold and of course we're up there on our own so you know flexibility is not really applicable only applicable in some certain uh, some circumstances like the flexibility of your hips so stretching and increasing the flexibility in a static hold is beneficial there but in terms of movement it's always mobility so yes cardiovascular element so you know as a rider your heart rate could be say 65 you go into counter it can jump to 180 in three seconds you need to be able to deal with that without having a heart attack or sitting trot (laughs) (laughs) or sitting trot with no Um, (laughs) or a spook Mm. you know that will send your heart rate racing um so cardiovascular strength strength is so 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 important and it's not about being strong on your horse or with your horse um it's about having the strength to control your body to be aware and to control it so that you are not negatively imposing yourself on your horse um and i honestly truly believe and well i'll go beyond that and say i know because i see it um that the huge majority of people do actually have a good core uh, and there's all this buzz oh you need to be rider core strength and blah, 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 blah. most people have a good core what they lack is the posterior strength the back of the body to support the core so muscles work together you know for you to lift something up with your arm to contract your bicep your tricep the back of your arm has to lengthen to facilitate that move so to engage your core you have to have the strength through the back portion portion of your body so the core can initiate it's fact just you know so um have to have strength and um range of motion Whatever you're doing has to be through the full range of motion for a joint because we never know how a horse will react. Yeah, and our life would be much easier if we could just walk shot camp around an arena and they wouldn't spook or jump to the side or spin round. Oh, where, where, where's the fun in that? <laughs> uh, it would make life less exciting, that is true. So it pass- would. I mean riding is uh it's a frill sport we do it because we love it but we do it for the adrenaline rush as well yeah we, we are kind of adrenaline junkies but what people i think sometimes forget because we're so in love with the sport and, and our horses that it is one of the most dangerous sports in the world we are depending on an independent dynamic horse They've got their own minds. They're going to do what they want to do ultimately at the end of the day. And you have to be prepared to ride. Yeah, it is so true. So so practically wise then, if people are listening and going, well, I know that I need to sort out my rider fitness. I know that I need to focus on my mobility and my cardiovascular. What practically then can people do so like what exercises what things should they be doing to to put this in place like how long how long and you can talk about rider size and what you do and everything else as well okay so ultimately i would always say just do a rider size program it sort everything out take the thinking away i've done it all for you but i think to make it simple um 
to focus on one thing. Don't look at rider fitness. Think, okay, I'm wonky. That's what I need to sort out. Focus on one problem first so that then you can measure progress so that you know that whatever it is that you have chosen to do is transferring a benefit to your riding. And ultimately what you are going to do, you have to want to do it. You have to enjoy it because you're not going to stick with it. And as you know, when it comes to training horses, consistency, consistency, consistency. It's no different for people. You don't get better. You don't move more without being consistent. Can't have a riding lesson once a week and expect to go to advanced mediums. Just not going to happen. Sorry, once a month. Didn't mean once a week. Okay, that's 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 once a week is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh, I've been doing it for my whole life. <laughs> so, what exercises can you do? Anything where you are using multiple muscles. So, it's called a compound. So, things like full range squats, single leg swings where you stand on one leg and move your leg forwards and backwards or um, squeeze your bum and bring one leg out to the side lateral lunges so freestanding free body movements <clears throat> because this teaches you how to be aware of what your body is doing and how to develop the control to perform those movements and to work independently on each side, apart from the squat. Um, as much, uh, uh, and planks are a really, really good exercise as well. However, to really be beneficial, they need to be dynamic. So if you were in a plank position, you need to move your arms, not both at the same time, so that's gonna hurt. But, <laughs> you know, alternate arm and leg movements tap your shoulders, um, move your legs, because we don't want to create a brace scenario. We don't want to train the body to, to brace, because if you think sitting trot is hard now, if you brace against it, you're coming off. You have to learn to breathe and to absorb. So planks are great. They are one of the best exercises to do, but to be transferable, you need to be dynamic through them. And that will teach you how to control your breathing whilst performing different movements like aids, communication. Um, so single leg exercises, compound exercises, um, planks, um, I would very, very strongly advise against doing abdominal crunches of any form because, and obviously not everyone has bad posture, but the majority have. And if you have bad posture, you're typically rounded in the shoulders. So you don't want to shorten the abdominal muscles any shorter because you're never going to sit tall in that saddle. And again, you're, tra you're training the front portion of your body. Not really going to help you. You need to focus on the back part of your body. Um, you could also do things like, if you like going to the jet gym, deadlifts. Deadlifts are fantastic. Um, and a lot of people have problems, as you, especially as they go up through the levels in dressage of the advanced movements. Um, so like pirouettes, for example, um, because they lack the strength in their, their back to be able to open their arms instead elbows go all over the place, the hands jump up and everything instead of just shifting. So things like, um, wood choppers. I know this all sounds alien, but if you're listening, you can just Google it. <laughs> And it will show you wood chopper is literally you stand in the center, you hold something with your arms straight out in front of you, you keep the hips facing forwards, and then you rotate to the side and up, and then allow the opposite hip to follow the movement. Yeah, does that make sense? 
Yeah. So that trains your shoulders uh, and your shoulder girdle, um, which is on your back. And it also facilitates the movement and shift of weight from hip to hip. So that's a fantastic exercise for learning things like pirouettes. I love I love the single leg stuff because I think I all the single leg stuff made me realize how much weaker one side was than the other. And I think yeah. that's quite a good learning or at least like recognizing experience too to try those single leg things out and then go oh actually I find this a lot easier on my right leg than I do my left leg maybe this is why my horse is falling out to the right and that kind of thing as well it all starts to kind of link together and I was one of those people that thought and I'm sure loads of people are the same the word core is kind of thrown about so much and it's all like oh core 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 so then I just thought oh I'll do ab crunches that's what I'll just get abs when actually it's too like it's not the same thing it's not i mean <clears throat> of course your core does involve your abdominal muscles 100 percent. but i think i can't remember the number i think there's something like 26 muscles involved in your core and basically anything that attaches from your back to your pelvis is a core muscle and in all like i say that the the most important thing is that to remember is muscles work together. So if you have a really, really strong, let's call it core, but you don't have the strength of the back to support it, how can you engage it without collapsing? If you, if you kind of just go, <clears throat> what happens? You kind of just round your shoulders and you crunch, your side, uh, crunch forwards. That's what a contraction of the core will do. But if you can't engage the core whilst having the stability through the back portion of your body, your pelvis and your back, your shoulders, you're just gonna collapse. And one of the most, most important things <clears throat> about core is your diaphragm. If you can't perform a movement without holding your breath, you cannot engage your core. It's not. It's just not possible. Breathing is a key component. So if you're doing all your core exercises and you're holding your breath every single time you crunch. Yeah, it's not going to work for you. <sighs> but also, you know, <laughs> abdominal crunches, people have this tendency to hold their head. And also they go way too high and then the hip flexors engage. And then they wonder why their legs are so far forward on the saddle. But they also spend, you know, several hours sat at a desk or whatever. So the hip flexors are already short. So <clears throat> I think whatever exercise a rider wants to do, I think you have to first assess who and where you are, you know, can you stand straight? What's your posture? Get someone to take a couple of photos of you, relaxed, so you're not completely aware and stood all regimented, but, you know, stand naturally, get someone to take post uh, posture picture from the side and from the back and the front, and have a look. Have someone do a short clip of you riding in all gates and both reins, and look, see what needs to change, and then compare what you see in the saddle to what you see on the ground. And then once you realize where your weaknesses are and you will see it, everyone will see it, you will, I promise. Then you can say, ah, I can see I'm rounded at the shoulders. So first I need to correct my posture because any form of exercise that you do where your posture is not correct, you're just going to be training it to be more and more incorrect. So true. It's so true. It's all those things that I think get so easily brushed to the side because we're so busy focusing on other things, but it can make so much difference. So we're coming to the end then. And I've yeah. got one more question to ask you, um, which is what three things do you want people to take away from this episode? 
what three things do you want people to have like learnt from this and like actually take away and remember and put your the most important one for me is the understanding of what rider fitness is rider fitness is not general fitness rider fitness is a physical activity which transfers a positive benefit to your riding it is not what you may see in the media it's not about lifting big weights running miles or doing extreme movements it's not about that it, it's all about developing body awareness control and skill think of it as sport specific training that's the most important thing is understanding what it really really means the second thing um I would like people to take away is once you have an understanding of what rider fitness is to not be daunted by it because it doesn't have to be as hard or uh, as time consuming or um, hard as you may think it is. It's not. If you're really focusing on improving your riding through physical activity and you're doing the right movements with the right movement patterns, it can be short and simple. And, you know, it, it, everybody can do something. You know, you don't have to be of a certain ability, have a certain mobility, a certain age or anything like that. Everyone can benefit from doing it. And it is applicable to absolutely everyone. I think the third one is do not underestimate or be believe or lead yourself, allow yourself to believe that it will not create a positive benefit to your horse and you and your partnership by doing that. It, you know, <clears throat> We ride because we love to ride. We ride because we love our horses. So if there's something that you can do to make your horse perform better, more comfortable, suffer less, <laughs> and you perform better, you suffer less. You don't wake up from the aches and pains you may do after a tough lesson with Jess then surely that's a win-win. Is it not? I love that. I feel so motivated now. <laughs> <laughs> right, I want to see you doing your programme. <laughs> I will video proof it. So if people um, want to find you, if they want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Uh, Rider Size 365 for Instagram and just uh, rider size on Facebook. Um, yeah, if you want to ask me a question, reach out. I will help you as much as I can um, on the rider size Facebook change, which is having a facelift at the moment. If you go into the videos, you will see a whole range of exercises that are free. So you don't have to pay for anything. You just go on, see the exercises, see how to do them and get started. Don't overthink it. Don't think that you're not capable. Don't think that you have time. Whilst you're warming up your horse, you could be doing some of these movements with them. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think the fact that they're free, they're really short, so you can fit them in in like a short space of time. It doesn't have to be hours. And they're just so easy to find i think it's going to mean hopefully people just do it and enjoy it and then can see how much of a difference it makes to their horses as well because it does it makes such a difference so thank you Sarah. you're very very welcome so there you have it guys i loved recording this episode it was so much fun and i really hope that you enjoyed it too and that you've taken loads from it um for what you can do to improve your rider fitness it's quite a confusing area so I really wanted to do a podcast on it that really actually breaks down in a really simple way 
what exercises you can do at home that are actually going to help you on your horse too. Now, if you've listened to this and you're still feeling a little bit lost as of what you can practically do, then Claire's business, Rider Size, do do training plans for beginner all the way through to advanced and all their plans are made for riders and don't take a lot of time at all. Me and the yard staff do it in our tea break and even mum does it too. So if you're interested in that, then do head over to the Rider Size page. But like Claire said, you absolutely don't have to buy anything. You can just do a little bit every day. And like she said, the squats, those dynamic moving planks, single leg lunges and all those exercises that she spoke about are great and will make such a difference to your riding too. But I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please do let me know what you thought of it. And I know that Claire would love to hear about it too. The best way to do this is um, to share it on Facebook and Instagram. So just take a screenshot and tag us in it and let us know what you thought or even what exercises you are now incorporating into your routine. So you can find me at Jessica Gale Dressage and you can find Claire at Rider Size 365 on Instagram and at Rider Size on Facebook. Thank you so much, guys, and I will see you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.